You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of My name is Mark or the Lift, and with me tonight is my eternally optimistic and catastrophically creative co-host, Gibbles and Bits. Gibbles and Bits, how you doing tonight, man? I'm good, Mr. Lift. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm very good. It's you and me tonight talking uh, Legends of Runeterra. Last week, we got to talk the mulligan, and... uh, had a lot of fun. Had a lot of fun just talking about what games we were playing. It was a little impromptu, but it worked out. People seemed to like it. Yeah, it was fun nonetheless. Our uh, our conversation around old, we all we all kind of defaulted to like old video games and stuff that we, or I guess for your case with with uh, the the Spire was newer. was new, was yeah. newer. But yeah, we we ended up all just <laughs> defaulting to whatever favorite video game we had at the time because we are video game <laughs> players at heart. But. Um, I am happy to be hanging out and uh, sitting down. I was at a wedding this past weekend, and I, true to myself, I danced the night away, and my legs are sore as can be. So I am just oh, happy wow. to be home, not be driving, and uh, back from the mountains and just ready to talk some rune terror. That was what I did in the meantime while I let my legs recover <laughs> from <laughs> from not being such a young man anymore. And Doesn't that still suck, trying dude? to dance for like five hours. Yeah, man. I got a couple years on you too. When I do anything that isn't just walking upstairs, like don't walk upstairs too swiftly in your 30s because you can't get out of bed the next morning. You know, <laughs> it's a whole different world, man. I'm telling you. Well, that's awesome. Might twist an ankle. That's awesome. Weddings are fun. We had uh, nothing this weekend, which was awesome. It was like super chill and laid back. It's like so different for my life because for 12 years, I was like, you know, work was like church on the weekends. It was like, this is what I was doing. And, uh, and now with, with what we're doing now, it's different. Right. And, uh, so this weekend was like pretty laid back. It was like, we were supposed to like hang out with some folks. Someone got sick or something. So it didn't happen. And so, uh, one of the things I did do though, is I got in, I've been getting my, my star Wars Legion minis out. So I bought this army. If you guys don't, it's a miniatures tabletop miniatures game, just different than like a tabletop, uh, like board game or RPG. It's like, it's in the vein of like Warhammer 40 K. Um, and, but it's star Wars, which is super cool. So me and my buddy split a couple of base boxes and then I bought a bunch of other stuff, uh, like a year and a half ago and we've never played the game. So we sat down and we said, we're going to build maps to fight on and we're going to get our miniatures painted and done between Thanksgiving and Christmas this year. And, um, I mean, when you listen to this episode, it'll be like a week from Thanksgiving. So I have a lot of work to get done. So I've been painting miniatures like a madman when I can. It's like only on the weekends. I get a couple of hours here and there. So I finished all of my infantrymen this this weekend. And wow. then I painted my Wookiee Warriors faction. Uh, and it's like these four big Wookiees. Uh, and they're like carrying like big nasty blades and stuff. It's super cool. So I'm excited for that. So I'm like down to like, I got to get my commanders painted so I could actually field an army. And then we got to get a couple of battlefields finished before Christmas. So about like a month-ish, month and a week or so I have to like get it done. And I think somewhere between like right before Christmas or between like Christmas and New Year's, we have some time off. We're going to get together and play a couple of rounds of uh, Legion for the first time and 
We'll see if the uh, uh, the money that I've spent, the hundreds of dollars I've spent, and the enormous amount of time painting the miniatures is worth it, or if I end up hating the game. So see, painting that one that's a that's a big investment to make. If <laughs> I've never played, played the it, game, I might just literally hate it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but painting miniatures, especially when you put yourself on a timetable, is such an interesting proposition because. I can't say that I've ever painted minis, but I can tell you that I've seen other close people around me paint minis and take a lot of time. I mean, you have to be so meticulous and careful and exact with the pink colors and just the the different edges brush and the strokes, tools that you're yeah. using and the brush strokes. Like it's so if you want if you can rush through painting a miniature and it'll look kind of dingy or just look messy, but if you really want something complicated or make it look really good, you have to take your time. So for you to kind of set, set a goal for yourself to, to get that many minis done within a, a short time frame, I more power to you, my friend. Maybe you are just quicker and better, especially maybe if you're painting the same mini, like multiple of them, you'll get the patterns down. And Well, I have the Rebels faction. So like my buddy had Stormtroopers. So what do you do? You paint them all white, then you put some black detail on it. But like my Rebels, like all of them have like, jackets and shirts and belts and like commando belt straps and guns and like everything has to be painted really intricately so i'm about two-thirds of the way through miniature painting uh i have like i i had like 70 minis or something like that uh in my like my total army but i don't need that many to actually field an army because you have like a certain amount of points that you can use to purchase and put like a basically it's like a budget and you have to fit inside mm. that budget your army with all of their special powers and weapon upgrades and skills and all that stuff so I can easily field a full army right now, um, except I don't have enough commanders painted for it. So um, I got my like my my Mandalorian like special forces done, which is really cool. My Wookiee warrior special forces, and so I got to paint up like Luke and Han this week uh, or this weekend, and and so like I have an army that I could actually put on the battlefield after that. So that's really cool, and they all need base. There's a ton of work to do, but that's not what this is about. This isn't a miniatures podcast this isn't the mulligan but speaking of the mulligan uh we're starting to get a bit of a cue for mulligan conversations people like the mulligan enough that they made some suggestions about what we should do future episodes on some some suggestions that are making me very excited because i i saw some of the the suggestions today in that in that podcast session which by the way um if you have any suggestions for for the mulligan or for stuff that you'd like to see us do on Legends of Runeterra-based conversation as well, feel free to post that in podcast discussions. We love seeing those kind of comments. We are we are hosts of the people, so we want to hear from you all what you'd like to hear us talk about. I mean, that's that's important to us. So, but yeah, I there are Mulligan episodes that are going to be really really cool if if we can get it together. Yeah, we're looking at like what like a couple of weeks here. People want to. We're going to take a little bit of time to let the rest of Arcane come out, and um, and then we're probably going to have some discussion on Arcane once everybody has a chance to watch it, which I I've only mm-hmm. watched the premiere first episode. I haven't watched the rest. Um, and I think there's nine episodes coming out altogether. Um, and they've released six because yeah. they released them in batches of three. I've, I've seen the first three, but having been gone this weekend, I didn't get to see four five and six, but which I think came out uh, Friday. And I think like the, like the last three, seven, eight, nine come out like this weekend. Yeah. So, by the way, thank you to everybody in our Discord for using the whole like hidden spoiler like cover up on the like on like the ta- on the messages. So you have to click on it in case you want to see it because I would this show would be ruined for me if people weren't doing that. So, um, 
Yeah, people I have been very careful about much. that. I haven't gone and looked much. I did get like a bit of a, and I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but one of the things is like in the league launcher right now, there's like stuff that comes up that you're like, I bet you that's from the next three episodes because mm. it's like, oh, that that piece of artwork or something that they're using to advertise for Arcane, the event, also is probably something from the show. So, you know. But enough of all that. You wanna you wanna jump in and talk about some legends of Runeterra? Let's let's talk about the game. You feel good about that? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and jump in uh, and start off with two champs in a hat. Ah, the sweet smell of science. Okay, friends, uh, two champs in a hat this week. Uh, we didn't actually announce, I don't think yet on the show, what this two champs in a hat was going to be, but we ended up pulling it uh, off of the show and we pulled Caitlyn and Kindred. And so uh, Gibbles and I both created Caitlyn Kindred and honestly, like I really like Caitlyn as a as like a build. Like I think she's fun. I actually think flash bombs are pretty fun. And I've always loved Kindred and have just never found a deck in which she works in or they work in. Um, because I think Kindred's technically wolf and sheep. Um, but uh mm-hmm. was was pretty excited to try to work these two out together and did so with actually moderate success and a lot of fun today on stream. Um, but I'm curious, Gibby, I'd, I'd love for you to go first and tell me what direction you went with these two. Yeah, similar to you, I had a lot of fun making this. Um, I think this is like the first time it felt like in a little bit that I, I don't know if this is actually is this, this is factual or not, but it feels like every single time so far we've pulled champions that were on the same mana cost. So it's been hard to make a cohesive deck. We've had um, uh, I had Hecarim Scion, which was six, seven, which was probably the most viable deck of yeah. of two champs in a hat yet and i think but i think that was me and dbn doing those two because we had Ren- we had renekton and echo that were the same yeah um we had leona and maokai that were the same yeah that's true too it's easy to get them the same especially what's funny is that none of those are three costs those were all four costs right um, and we've had we've had we've had like zigs and we've had nami and so we've had some three cost ones, but I mean, it just, it feels like we're like, I, we run into that a decent bit. So to have a three cost and a five cost champion was kind of cool because I was like, okay, I can actually build like a curve with this. Like this is, this is actually, there's actually some semblance here of something that I want to build. Um, there's also just quite there for a long time. There have been some decent synergies. If you don't plan on playing a really aggro style with P and Z and uh, shadow Isles. So, mm-hmm. and it was also kind of cool that, bunch of new shadow isles cards came out or new pnz cards came out although i didn't use any of them um uh yeah i didn't either because most of my pnz cards sort of revolved around either control or caitlin and i don't think we yeah. got a lot of new outside of what's that that shock blast or something which i didn't end up using yeah uh just the, what that six cost spell the new yeah. one mm-hmm. The deal three to something and deal three to either another cha- another unit or or to the face. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't run that. Like I, I didn't I didn't either. But you probably could have like if you were going to run a control, you probably could have done something in here. But essentially, what I decided to make was I made a control list as well. Um, I put the I mean I put, put three copies of Caitlyn in here and three copies of Kindred and and this is more spell based than anything else. But some early game drops um, like Sting Officer and a clump of wumps just to get some traps and things in in hand or get some traps in their deck. Um, but I decided to run the, um, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher this, uh, the, the burgeoning sentinel or the burgeoning sentinel. 
I don't know what that one is. What what mana cost is that? It's a one mana cost. So uh, this this was my only one drop. It was so oh, it's Shadow okay. Isles, Fearsome. The first time you slay a unit with a spell, grant me plus two plus one. Oh, that's an interesting um, add. That's a so there's add that. yeah, that's good. There's just a lot of spells in here. Um, and with the I found the traps were making things not even if they, if they weren't killing them, which you're okay if they kill it. Um, they were making things weaker, which mm -hmm. made my spells more efficient. So I added that uh, in here along with like, I was running ther thermo beams just for kind of targets that just need to die now. Um, Mystic shots were are good, vile feasts, um, puff cat peddlers just are, um, anytime you're gonna play a lot of spells and you need those traps, puff cat peddler was, was, it was an easy call, and a must. Despair for some, um, for some striking, just uh, if you have something weak, like I've seen a lot of more Brahms deck, Brahm decks running around. So despair really? is awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, great I've against seen, Brahm. So it's fantastic against Brahm. Um, grasp of the of the Undying for a little bit of healing, but all of these things are kill spells to help proc Kindred off. Um, Officer Squad to create the the uh, the most wanted. Um, ditching something like um, the Mushroom Cloud that Clump of Wumps makes. Or just really any spell, um, just to be able to draw three cards is great. Even if it's a maybe it's a, a card that you can't play yet because it's too expensive. Um, but the the real kind of win con of this deck is either winning off of a good Karina to kind of eliminate oh, some of the Karina at the top end. That's I went Karina awesome. Mastermind. Um, so oh, not the okay, not the Karina. really high cost Karina, which you you could probably could run in this too. But um, just the Karina uh, Mastermind for the traps, or um, I also have ran two copies of Atrocity and two copies of Ladros in here. So Ladros was my was my win con in here. Just the late game, um, use a bunch of traps, use a bunch of puff puff caps just to get you to the late game, get you within range of an Atrocity or within Ladros just to to burn them down, uh, and just try to control their board. Um, Kindred trying to remove targets. Uh, you've got a lot of high powered spells that can remove things with higher health. Yeah. Um, or lower health for that. Do you matter. run any so copies we, of Vengeance? Um, I am not running any copies of Vengeance, um, but I am running one Ruination. Okay. Um, just because with the meta having slowed down, it feels like with all of the six cost spells with Jace, um, it seems like we're getting to that late game. I mean, at minimum, if you bank the three spell mana, a lot of these decks are now running these higher cost four spells, five cost spells, six cost and above spells you're not having to as worry as much about whether ruination will have time to come online because their win con is past turn five or turn six anyway, trying to play some of these, these higher cost spells. So even if they summon a bunch of the, what is it? The, the new guys, if they're, if they're playing, if they're playing Lux or something like that, mm -hmm. Lux and Jace, and they're trying to summon a bunch of forge workers with with Lux or, or try to burn you down with, with her, her created spells off of her, her level up then you just use a Ruinate and it's all gone anyway. And they have to start over from, from square one after having used all these high cost spells. And they're probably out of mana for the turn. So in Ladros, while being a late game card or even Karina or even just a leveled up Caitlyn, while those are late game tools, they kind of pick up pace a little faster than maybe some of the other stuff that's out there right now. So I actually had, I went three and two with this um, in ranked and platinum. Oh so, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, so like it it worked out pretty well. Um, the couple times that I lost with this, I lost to an aggro pirate deck. So 
they just punched enough stuff through a couple of my traps landed and it didn't it didn't remove anything it just happened to hit a thing that had like two health and it just didn't remove the the tool or i actually had a game um where i was playing against an aggro deck it was um uh, i ended up winning the game but i was really unlucky uh they had a a what was it the the grenadier on board that when he dies he does one damage to face uh-huh and i had traps come up it killed him leveled sejuani who was on board and like burned my whole board down like it was it was kind of funny but then i but just he sad. played he, yeah he well, he got greedy and then he played uh he played a gangplank and then i just ruined ruinated everything and then he he surrendered and i was oh, like okay nice. <laughs> that turns out anyway nice but, well, but yeah so i I ran a control deck. What about you? You know, uh, the funny thing is, Gibby and I did not talk about this at all. Not even a little bit. Also, I, because I felt like there was a variety of directions that you could go mm -hmm. with this. Um, and I built this on stream this morning. But we built like the same deck. So I ran. Oh, no way. I ran. I But I did not do any puff caps. And I did not run. So I think I'm running a little bit more heavy control. No puff caps. So I ran a copy of Advanced Intel just because I'm only doing flash traps. That puts, you know, burst speed, put put one, two flash traps in the top 10. Um, Hapless Aristocrat in place of the one drop that you were running, um, the Sentinel, simply because I found that I really wanted chump blockers. Some glimpse uh, only because I wanted a draw, and usually I'm chump blocking with my early game stuff anyway. Mystic Shot, Sting Officer, Time Trick for draw just wanted to be able okay. to get cards in hand vile feast uh because it's an amazing thing that some of the chump blocker of course caitlin um i ran pilt over a uh, peacemaker as well yes um, great card and i should have i in retrospect i should have added that card in here because that's a great removal spell it's one more mana than mystic shot but it's great and it puts flash bombs in there so it fits yeah. everything you want yeah so that card actually ended up being really valuable because a lot of times this did the same as a get excited because a previous flash bomb would have dealt one to something and I could finish it off with the peacemaker. And then I would load up two more traps in their deck. Um, yeah. One of the MVPs actually in this deck for me was aloof travelers. Um, just because mm. like it would get rid of Sejuani's, it would get rid of, you know, any of the high higher mana stuff pretty early on that I knew people were saving. So if you look at like the Lux Jace deck, like that gets rid of their nice six mana spell or their Lux or their Jace. Um, good kindred of course I was running a withering whale and a withering mist in place of grasp of the undying simply like they do very similar things right they basically all heal for three or four mana three or four life but they sort of like I wanted to be able to clear wide boards Um, I think one of the things I was running that you were not running though is rekindlers I was running two rekindlers which makes total sense. Rekindler is a great card to have whenever you have a somewhat vulnerable but high value and high kind of potent yeah. champ. Which is Kindred so, I mean, is in spades. Yeah, know? I mean, and you you don't if you if you have played a Caitlyn and not a Kindred or Kindred hasn't died yet per se, and you end up resummoning a Caitlyn, you're not upset about it. No, it's still okay. Especially if it's on your attack token, but resummoning a kindred is phenomenal. Yep. And I found that the meta was a little bit slower today, too. So a couple vengeance and then two Ladros, a ruination and an atrocity. Um yeah. we we ran sort of like that. It was just kind of like, you know what? I think I can I think Caitlin can sort of like stall out the game early game 
and her flash bombs can work to actually level up Kindred later. Um, Piltover wants to run a lot of point and click removal. Kindred loves that. That's fine. Um, and then, like, let's just stall out the game and then Ladros atrocity them to death. Um, and so we sort of came up with a, a very similar plan. You played a little bit more traps, I think, between with Aloof Travelers and Rekindler. I think I played a slightly grindier list. Um, a, a little bit more board centric on removal, probably. Yeah. Without, like, but not hindering on, not focused on the traps for the removal, yeah. but like other things. And I think I like that better. I don't, I, I, while I was trying to get the puff caps in there because they can kind of go off at any time, I think if you are focused on one, the removal for Kindred, um, for of, of trying to get like spells sure. off to slay or the, the traps off to slay essentially for Kindred to activate Kindred or just get Caitlyn leveled up, you want to ensure that it's more, tr it's more flash bomb based than, um, puff gap based just because they, the flash bombs by default with their definition stay towards the top of the deck unless they shuffle which then you're kind of sad but sure 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 um but yeah i think i'd rather i think i'd rather play something similar closer i mean we have the same top end but i think i like the idea of going heavier on the flash traps i'd probably get rid of karina i think if i had to build this again um hmm. rekindlers kind of have piqued my interest karina's um, kind of like an all-in right like you gotta be really sold out on the traps to make get mm -hmm. good value out of her i feel like and uh, I just felt like when I was going with just flash bombs, I couldn't get that sold out on the traps. Mm -hmm. um, and I had a very similar record. I think I had like three and two or, or three and three or something like that today. Um, the games that I won, though, were against Jinx Draven, um, Pirate Aggro, and one other. So I actually had, I think it was honestly like Hapless Aristocrat, Vile Feast, uh, you know, like, Hilt over Peacemaker, Withering Whale, Withering Mist. Like, those cards in the early game were really, really potent against my opponent's strat of just, like, mm -hmm. rushing me down. Um, the game, the games that I lost, I lost one to a Darkness deck, which was no surprise. Like, this deck's not going to play well against Darkness. It, no. Like, this deck's trying to grind you out, and unless you get your Ladros and you're playing him on nine, you're just not going to outgrind the Darkness deck. Um, no, yeah, they'll they'll play a uh, um, they'll play Extali Sentinel or something like that, heal out of range and start just start going to face, and you can't really do anything about it unless you have the removal to kill off their Viegos and or no, their Vigars and things like that. But then they're probably resummoning them anyway if they're playing any sort of rekindler build or with their or a uh, miscall, which I've seen a lot of in that deck now, and I think it's a great way to play Darkness. So mm -hmm. yeah, odds are I you don't have to, enough cards. I lost to a Viego Kindred deck as well, um, mm. which was interesting that I went up against another Kindred deck. That was fun. But once again, like, I think this deck's weakness is, like, it's controlly enough that, like, you can prevent being rushed down. Um, but it's not necessarily sort of, like, fast enough in its controlling sense that you can't get out grinded, right? Yeah, um, like you or that you won't get out grinded. Like I just got out grinded by other decks that were just like a little bit better at doing what I was trying to do. Yeah, for me the struggle with this, if anything, was um, you had to be confident and knowledgeable about when to play what spell to ensure that you were going to get a kill. So, so if they have three mana or two mana, and you have a thermo beam for four. And they've got two mana left on a three-cost unit, and you're playing against Frailyard. Okay, you have to understand 
they it's there's, there's a decent possibility unless you've already seen two in the game that they're running troll chant because it's in every single frailure deck that's ever existed and it's a very popular card <laughs> and it's and it's very possible or probable that it's one of those copies in their hand and they won't hesitate to play it just to save a unit you don't get a kill doesn't proc kindred so you had you had to be efficient on playing your spells and getting the kills you intended to kill to proc other things so it was it was comboy in that sense but if you left a bunch of things on the board with one or two health and you weren't consistently putting flash bombs which is where i wish i had more flash bomb uh in in the deck and you weren't putting those in there then they were just going to swing and you'd have to block with things you didn't want to block with one so. of the things that i i uh, that i noticed that i was like this is a minor buff to kindred that would go a long way um is when you mark something with kindred let's say you kill something and mark something if they then remove your kindred that mark goes off and that that the thing that they marked doesn't die. So let's say I you know I came in killed something marked something like it, now they kill my kindred and I, it's like oh at least I'm going to be able to remove that. Well I'm not going to be able to. I really mm-hmm. feel like that I know it doesn't make a ton of sense, but I feel like if the mark lingered, like let's say once it marked it, that thing was definitely going to die, whether you killed kindred or not. Kindred had it marked and it just said. You know, the first time you slay a unit each round, I mark the weakest enemy. That enemy dies at the end of the round instead of the wolf was still going to come get it. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of round end kill units with my mark. Um, I really wish that that would be a little bit different because I think that. I I think that kindred would be more viable in that because then you could almost always virtually guarantee if you have a little bit of spell mana like. I can play kindred and I can kill something and I will at least get kindred to kill one thing before they remove my kindred, right? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think that would make kindred a lot better. Uh, and that's yeah, not mean, a huge buff. It's a minor buff. Yeah, I mean, that either you either have to do one or two things. You either have to buff kindred so that way he's more sustainable, like switch his, switch his, uh, his stat block up to a 3-5 or something like that. Yeah. Or make him a 4-5. Um, so that way he has more sustainability and doesn't die to a lot of, a lot of uh, other things. Or... You have to do what you suggested, and and you have to ensure that his value, that he he sustains some type of value, like the, the mark lingers, which I like that more because that still makes him unique. Yeah, um, but I think yeah, Kendrick like easy. he is like as a three six would be really potent, like a lot more potent. His four mm-hmm. health is just very easy to get rid of. Yeah, and I, I'm trying to think what other what other champions do the Shadow Isles have at those mana costs like would it make him unique in that he's yeah i mean they've got senna they've got thresh they've thresh now got diego yeah so, like he's a three six for five i mean so if you made kindred would be a three six for five as well yeah i mean even if you made him a three six for four or three five for four like maokai nocturne and, and vigar are his his competition at that slot but you're not playing him with any of those anyway like I could see if they made Kindred a four drop, I could see you running Kindred and Senna together. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that they're on the same makes them hard to play together. Yeah. But so anyway, different, different synergies, different ideas. Anyway, anyway, moving on, uh, we're gonna jump into uh, some some other content here. But it was fun to play and a, a great great combo. We'll announce the combo for the next one. It's coming up in a couple of weeks at the end of the episode. But let's go ahead and jump over and uh, let's talk about. Uh, 
kind of like the news slash new stuff. Only fools hesitate. So, guys, in this segment, basically what we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, the the new PvE mode. The Path of Champions is out. Uh, and and you've played it. You've played it, Gibby. Am I right? No. Yes, I no, absolutely I, I have. Oh, so. absolutely. I, yeah, I thought you've played Path of Champions. So, guys, if you were unaware, maybe you haven't played in a while. Um, we had Saltwater Scourge. It was sort of like this sort of roguelike-esque um, card game experience, not unlike Slay the Spire, but um, very different in the fact that you're not deck building or running your cards in the same way. Um, so, but you're you're sort of like adventuring through, and you're you're getting very like Lab of Legends, Saltwater Scourge, Lab of Legends, just the next evolution of that. Well, in Champions, what is it called? Cha Path of Champions. Path you, of Champions. You choose a character, and there are multiple multi-piece adventures that you go on. And as you go through them, you level up your champions, you get new abilities, you finish a line by defeating a boss, then you can go to the next story. I think there's six stories, and there's like 15 champions that you can do this with. And some of them are storied, some of them are not. So I think like Jace, Vi, Jinx, Echo, Caitlyn all have stories along with their, uh, along with their lines. But the cooler part is that as you play them, you actually level those champions up and you can buy upgrades for them. So you can buy, you know, bonus attack or bonus, you know, traits or whatever. So every adventure that you go on with those champions, they'll start with extra gold and extra items and bonus cards and special powers. And like, you can buy all of those things for the adventure. So you like, you can actually like level up your champions as you play through with it. There is an insane amount of content with this PVE stuff, an insane amount of content. Um, and it came with a big, what they're calling a mega event, which is just a normal sized event with better rewards is really what it is, um, which we'll talk about later. But uh, tell me about your experience with Path of Champions. I've had a good and slightly negative experience with it. I'll tell you about it. But Gibby, tell me about yours. Sure. So, I mean, I've played um, a little bit of Path of Champions so far. I plan to play a lot more of it than I have so far. However, I am very impressed with what I have seen so far. So I started off playing, um, I did, I played Jinx and I did the Vi in Piltover and so I did the, just the first, um, the Vi line, um, sure. where she's the person you play at the end. And I had a really fun kind of like a version of my deck. It was, it was essentially like discardy, but, um, I chose to pair, uh, Jinx with um, who was it? I chose. You get like to a pair... reinforcement, like a couple of rounds. Yeah, in, adds a new champion that you can upgrade throughout the course of the adventure. Yeah, so I ended up pairing um, Jinx with a little bit of Scout abilities um, in in the deck. So because it was a really it was really uh, aggressive to begin with, but then I chose Quinn and I went with Jinx Quinn. Interesting. And and it actually worked out pretty well. Um, I ended up stacking a bunch of, and one of the passives I had was anytime I pulled it really early. And I don't know if there's a, if it's luck, if it is a certain amount of, um, they give you power ups at certain points from, cause you get power ups along the way, um, just like passives for the game too, kind of like lab of legends or other things or like the saltwater scourge. But, um, one of the ones I pulled really early was an epic one. And I feel like I shouldn't have, I feel like I was supposed to get like a common of some sorts, but it was nah, an epic one. Or, yeah. 
it was an epic one and it said every single time you play a unit give him challenger this round so i was pulling scout units with barriers or jinx and other things and just everything had challenger for the round nice. and it was just like the most controlly but aggressive deck at the same time too and then the next one i picked up was also an epic and it said every time i play a unit it does one to face automatically oh yes so that's good that's a good one so everything was dealing one to face gaining challenger and it was just going ham and it was it was fantastic so that line was easy i had least path of least resistance um and then i jumped over to i played jinx again i was like okay i want to see what happens as you level up a character so I played with the next ability and it gave you a new deck, a new starter deck. Um, and I played the Ionia line where you end up meeting Lulu at the end. Yep, yep, yep. And I, I ran it with, and I ended up picking up Zed this time. Um, and it was a, a very fun um, line as well. I didn't, that one was a little bit more challenging just because I think kind of the styles of the decks that I ran up against, but um, I'm really excited to see that they're putting so many, uh, so many different champions, and that the the power ups that you're getting as you're going through these these characters and play them more and more, like there's incentive to replay this a lot, and they they oh, yeah. they've made it very clear in their mission statement with this path of champions that they want this to be a long term sustainable and continuing to be built upon mode. And I can see why they like how they plan to do that. Sure. It's very easy to see. So I really like it. Um, I think this will continue to stay fresh um, and something to do in the downtime when you don't have people to play with or, you, or if there's if there's something stale in the meta or something stale with competitive or towards the end of a season or something like that. And you think you've capped out where you can get. I see this being really valuable. So. Uh, tell me, what about you, Mark? What was your experience? Like you said, you had one really good path and one not so good. Yeah, yeah. So so overall, it was really good. And and I I want to be clear because the thing that's crazy about this is there's one, two, three, four, five. So there's 15 champions that you can do this with. 15. And I feel like there's so much content with this 15, it will be really hard for me to get through with it. There is currently 76 champions available in this game. So, uh, they, there's room to grow. Like, if they're going to add all of the champions, and then if they're going to begin adding stories for the champions, and, and, and it's easy just to add more paths for each champion, right? There's, uh, you can, there's one, two, three, four, there's seven paths for each champion. It's Vi, Lulu, Gangplank, Ezreal, uh, Zed, Nautilus and then Victor, right? Um, and you can do that with all 15 champions. But if you if you wanted to do it, right? Like if you want to, if you wanted to do it with, you know, other stuff in the future, you wanted like if someone if they wanted to release new champions and then change up the paths and make a bilge water themed expansion where you fight Gangplank at the end, or they wanted to make an Ionia themed expansion where you fight off Yasuo in the end, the exile and and you have to battle, like, all of those things are on the table. So, like, the thing that I, this is the, the most mind-blowing part to me was this did not feel like an event with, like, an expansion. They said PvE Mega expansion, and honestly, this feels like an entire game. Like, 
this oh, 100%. feels like there is so much content in here. I'm like, if I get into this, I actually could like all of my time playing LOR could be this. And I would, I would never, I would never play anything but PVE in this game. This game you could legitimately download as an entirely free game and play just the PVE mode, never spending a dime on the game and never caring about cards that you collect. And you would have a perfectly good, robust experience. Almost like how Call of Duty branched out and brought brought Warzone on, and it almost treated it like its own entire game. I agree. This is what that feels like. And yeah, it's I, like it's an entirely new game. Well, and I think something that I I don't want to get glossed over with this that I think is a really valuable and cool piece, something that we've seen Riot do over the course of I'll say a year, year or two is we've seen, and people have called it out so many times, we've seen a quality improvement of animations, of like voice lines. There's like a sophistication to the graphics and like the cutscenes and things um, in the game. And this, I also felt, was a step up from uh, where Lab of Legends previously was and then the um, Saltwater Scourge, because it's got elements of, of, of both to this, um, this new PVE mode. And I felt like if they were to keep it at that same level with on such a large scale with the expansion and kind of recycle some of the, the feel, this would, this wouldn't feel as new, but with a lot of the kind of cut scenes of Jinx, for example, talking to her little, um, her little bomb traps or whatever it was, uh, her little canisters sure. or talking to Vi about how she's she's kidnapped Caitlyn in 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 that in that line stuff like that like the little cutscenes and interactions that are in here are so well done that I am impressed they took the time this felt methodical this felt intentional it didn't feel like something that they just threw together because they needed to have something new in the game it felt practiced and good I'm I'm not really finding the right word for how this feels, but it, it, it feels fresh. It feels, it feels great. They've done their job. Yeah. Like I said, it, it feels legitimately like an entire game. Like, uh, like, I just don't know how else to put it other than like, mm -hmm. if you, if you were like on the fence about playing legends of rune terror right now, you could jump in and maybe that's the only, that maybe that's the only critique for me is that it is, it is legitimately so big that I think you could potentially get lost in this. Like if, if you like logged in right now and clicked on it, like I, I could see you going weeks and having no idea that this is a card game like Hearthstone, like not knowing that you're not just supposed to play this path of champions. And that's could be what the entire game is because there are card games that the entire game is less than what this game is like, like this game mode. It it is, it is just the most insane thing that I have I've seen it in a. It, it it's it's just so robust. Now my experience, I played I played a lot of Jinx, so I'm like through Lulu, whatever the one after Lulu is, and I got to Ezreal. I played a couple of the adventures with Vi as well. Um, really enjoyed playing Vi, actually. I, I'd never really played much of Vi, so I was, like, a little uncertain if I would like her, but uh, actually really enjoyed playing Vi. Um, the only negative experience that I would say I ended up having 
was the fact that I ran Va- I ran uh, Jinx the entire way to Ezreal, and I just I was not prepared. I was not prepared for what Ezreal was going to bring to the table. He was really, really hard to beat. So, like, I don't want to spoil anything, but basically his power is every single round, he gets a one-mana static shock. And once he's been leveled up and put on the board, he gets a one-mana true shot barrage every single round. So, like... Oh, my Lord. there's There's a serious timetable on you. Like, you have to be able to get... You have to be able to deal with that or you just lose the game to him. And I did not build a deck that had enough healing or was quite aggressive enough to be able to deal with that. I had this crazy deck that like drew all of these cards and, and it was super, super fun, um, but just didn't have anything that was sort of like prepared for the intensity that I ran into. So that was a bit think, of a bummer, but I think that's the thing too, is you having such a wide champion pool. That's what it's intended for is that you can say, okay, I kind of know what this champion's going to bring or what this, um, what this this line is gonna what I'm gonna need to get through this adventure through this line. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring this champion or maybe even with this power up because that's gonna be really good against doing this thing against X champion. Yeah. So like there's maybe there's some strategy there to it. But so the so now losing to Ezreal was not a big deal, but in Saltwater Scourge, when you lost, you could just rise again and try again. You cannot in this mode. Once you lose, that's it. You have to re- you have to start over, literally completely, mm-hmm. and I did not love that. I thought that was poorly done. I was like, if if you go through this whole run and then you lose, you're just done. That doesn't feel very good. I wish they would have done something a little bit different there. Um, but other than that, it was a really it was a really great experience, and it's something that I could definitely see. Like, if I'm sitting at my in laws' house, right, and I I. I'm not like it's hard because like literally TFT just came out with a new set. And so like I'm saying all of this, but I've been playing the absolute crap out of TFT recently <laughs> because like that's just sort of it's just been what I've what I've been into. Um, So uh, so I haven't been playing a lot of it, but like I'm going to my in-laws this weekend. Like I could totally see Thanksgiving sitting on the couch after eating and just like busting out some some path of champions like. Uh, traveling like heck yes like i would i would so definitely travel and play play path of champions um love it i need i need to know in discord if anybody else put it in put it in the podcast discussion i need to know if anybody else was so thrown off like i was when my opponent in pve started emoting at me I know. I thought, you, doesn't it? I thought I was in the wrong game mode. And I was like, what have <laughs> I been doing for the last half an hour? Since when does the AI emote at me? Yes. And it kept doing it like in like situationally. Like I'd play something and then they would emote something that was relevant. And I was like, what is going on? Is the AI smart now? And it's not just like basic emotes either. Like no. It, it emotes like uh, like I like I got hit with the karma one at different times and stuff like ones that you can't even get access to like one uh, emotes you literally cannot get it'll emote at you with them like they dropped a champion on board and I thermo beamed it and then it did the whole like angry Renekton one and I was like that's so on like the note like that's so that's a, an appropriate response exactly how did you know 
Yep. Yeah. The AI is smarter and smarter now. It's learning. It's growing. Yeah. We're in the future. Yeah. That did throw me off too. And 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 I would just, I don't know. Like I said, if you're on the fence about playing this game because you're like, I like card games, but I don't really like the competitive aspect. I like I genuinely Try feel it. like I will probably never be on ranked ladder again. I don't love grinding ranked. I don't love playing constructed. I do like playing casual constructed. And I feel like there's more memeing in casual constructed right now than I've ever seen. Um because there's so many more game modes to play in. Um, and, like, I can see myself running Expedition, the occasional, like, friend match or normal match, because I really want to play a Constructed deck, and then playing these PvE modes. Like, I would be completely content with that, and I would, I would say this is an awesome game with just that alone. Like, I, Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got so much on it. You, there's, the game is growing and it's it's going wider so there's more to do which is a great thing to see be able to say and be able to see so yeah totally I, happy with it like i wouldn't say that you could have an entire podcast based around this new path of champions mm-hmm. um but i would say that you know every time something new comes out you could do an episode or two just on that like yeah just purely on path of champions and uh, and honestly, I think that with what's out there right now, you and I could likely sit around for the next three episodes and just talk about our experiences there. And, and yeah. if that doesn't say a lot, I don't know what does. It, it's hard to come up with content for a podcast. We wouldn't even have to talk about the, the game formal on the show for a month with what they just put out. If all we wanted yeah. to talk about was that, we could fill hours and hours of content with it. So we honestly could. Yeah. So I've been really happy with it overall, and and yeah, you'll you're definitely gonna hear a conversation about it because I'll be honest, like when we talk in two weeks outside of two champs in a hat, like this is what Mark is gonna be doing. Like he's gonna be, he's gonna be the the path of legends or whatever, the path of champions. Like that that's gonna be my thing, hundred percent. Um, but we were gonna you were gonna do a little segment tonight too, right? You want to do a little segment? Yeah, I'll do do a little something, something. A little something, something. Go ahead. Huh? Didn't see that coming. All right, so I'm I'm calling this the podium, uh, is what I'm going to name the segment. Okay, because you typically have a bronze, a silver, and a gold on the podium. Sure. And we are also coming up on the Olympics, so it's intentional. Um, but the the I just wanted to give a quick shout out just to we we have some new cards in the game. We have a new champion in the game with Jace. So I'd just like to talk about some of them, just because some of them are relevant and we're seeing them around. So sure. um, I just wanted to kind of give my three favorite cards, not necessarily the most powerful. Um, doesn't have, doesn't have to be that, but we got what maybe a dozen cards or so for something like I'll that. Say yeah, eight. I need to. Yeah, actually, we'll say you know, a dozen like, cards. Actually, look at them real quick because um, I'm sure I will forget at least a few of them. So hold on, buddy. I gotcha. I'll make it easy for you. Uh, you know what? I just found them in our Discord. That's awesome. Got them. There you go. So. Um, We've got, like I said, we've got about a dozen new cards, and they're all supposed to synergize around uh, Jace entering the game, and they're all um, PNZ cards, just because Jace is a PNZ champion. Yep, yep, yep. And th- they they synergize a little bit with some of the stuff we've already seen out there. I'm seeing a lot of combinations of, excuse me, PNZ and um, a Shadow Isles around, or PNZ and. Demasi around. I mean, Heimerdinger and Jace is a is a deck I've seen floating around, along with Jace and Lux because they both synergize around wanting to play big spells and 
um, gaining an advantage off of that. Lux literally says play, wants you to play a spell of over six, six plus. Yep. So, and Jace does the exact same thing, but he wants you to play two of them. So there's a direct synergy there, kind of like the whole Vigar and uh, Senna synergy. But some of the cards that I really liked from this, so I think my, I'll give my bronze, um, my bronze place uh, a spot here to, to this, the Shock Blast. I think that's a really flexible spell. Um, we've seen static shock. So, so shock blast is a six cost slow spell uh, in PNZ that reads deal three to an enemy or the enemy nexus and then three to another. So deal you can either do three to two enemies or you can do three to the enemy nexus and then three to a, to a, um, to a unit. And it also is Jace's champion spell. So you get one yeah. of those if you've got Jace on the board and Jace in hand. Um, but I think shock blast is a, good flexible card it won't always be the right deck decision um when building a deck um even if you sure. are running something that that wants to run six cost spells maybe you need something a bit more um board focused towards kind of just overwhelming with a big board or a wide board you're better off running something else but um i thought it was good i i like the addition we've seen static shock in the game and Static Shock does well, although it draws you a card, but it only does one to two things. That flexibility is nice that you can do something to face or something and hit, or hit two units. Uh, we've seen Withering Mist, the deal two to two enemies and heal or drain two from two enemies. So basically deal four and heal four. Sure. We've seen that played a lot now in Shadow Wilds control decks. And I think this is just another version of that, slightly bigger and slightly more mana costed. And I, I think it's good. I think it's a good flexible option for PNZ. This is what they want to do. And it's a late game tool that still synergizes with even aggressive-ish champions like Ezreal. Um, but while still clearly being focused on the the latter, slower side of PNZ. So yeah. have you played any with uh with uh Shock Blast? I have not, honestly. Uh like literally the week that Jace came out, my I think my thing was level four. Like my chest mm. was like level four. Like I did not get a champion that week. And um because I just had not put much time in. And then like I'm I'm not joking. In my level four, I got one of my things got upgraded. And then uh so I had two golden chests and like two Two gold, two golden chests and one silver, and both of my golden chests had a Jace in them. Um, so <laughs> wow. Although I did not get a champion that week, I got two, and then I literally opened up uh, like a platinum chest from an XP line. Uh, I think I'm finishing off PNZ's XP line, and I got my third Jace. So I have all three Jaces and didn't have to craft a single one of them, which is, I guess, great. Um, but uh, no, I have not gotten a chance to, to do Shock Blast. But I have seen something that I thought was so funny, and I loved it, and it's why it's my bronze. That is Assembly Line. Um, so Assembly Line is a, a six-mana slow spell that summons two, three, three Forge Workers. And there's these, like, dudes without shirts on, just, like, all jacked Yeah, the Forge Workers, yeah. Um, super, super funny to me. So, like, I found that to be hilarious, but maybe the funniest thing that I've seen was it was, uh, it was like, a picture with two forge workers, then a leveled up Lux, then two forge workers. And it's just like, it's like Lux amongst this like line of male strippers or something. And it is so funny. And it made me really love forge worker. Um, so 
I, I really like, I think assembly line's good, and I think assembly line is important for the game, um, specifically because we haven't had a lot of very good sort of six-cost things that actually impact the board. But those sure. are the things that have always made Lux work. Things like redemption. Um, is that is that what it is? Redemption, right? That's the six-mana Remem- spell. Remembrance. Remembrance. Things like remembrance. Things like the six-mana PNZ spell that summons a 5-5. Five, five. That was always sort of like a runner-up in these decks. Um, oh, was it a legal contraption? Yeah, I think that sounds right. Um, but the fact that we now have like this, which adds two three threes versus one five five, you're getting plus one plus one of stats, but more importantly, you're getting it split over two bodies. Makes me really like assembly line. Uh, makes me really want to play Mage Seekers Lux again. Uh, yeah, for sure. I so. can't help but see the Forge Workers and think of uh, Fuse from uh, Apex. Because they just released a skin uh, okay. for Fuse. He's one of the champions in Apex Legends, and he they just released in this new event because it's like a like an island theme uh, map and an island theme, but kind of like a season. They released a skin for Fuse where he's shirtless, and he also has like an eye patch. Okay. Um, just like always, like he has like only has like a sight in one eye. So the Fuse workers in their card art. Or the Forge Workers, I'm sorry. He's got like I'm sorry, calling it Fuse Worker. He's got like he's got no shirt and he's got like a little like bi like a little uh, bifocal thing over one eye that you can see. So like it just reminds me of, of Fuse and that makes me laugh. He's also got the same hair color and like facial features. Just make so these like, things of the did movie it. Magic Mike. Uh, although I've I've oh. never actually seen that movie. I've just seen advertisements no. for it. Stop. Uh, this is not a path you want to go down. I don't think so. I've never seen it. So let's let's not. <laughs> let's let's just not okay uh, moving on yeah moving continuing the conversation elsewhere um yeah okay what's your what's your silver silver is hex tech handler uh the three cost tech card um three cost tech card uh that's uh, with quick attack that says grant tech allies everywhere plus one plus one once you've cast a six cost spell this game so I really like Hextech Handler because um, it's got the tech keyword to it. And what? I think we've seen one tech card so far. I'm verifying that before I put my foot in my mouth. But I think we've seen one tech card in the game in general up until this point that was like main deckable at least. And it was just the... um, uh, so it was the little one cost guy, the Adaptatron three thousand. Yeah, and so te- there's that, but there's technically the there's little McDonald's fries. Also, all of the um, what's the other tech card that we have? All all of uh, Heimerdinger's bots are technically tech cards, right? So, but 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 just just alone, yeah. main deckable. It was just the Adaptatron three thousand, or you could play Production Surge and receive random turrets, which I guess will guarantee you that because Production Surge is you can you can main deck that. Um, but we have this is this is our second main deckable tech card, um, and and I I think that's good. It almost felt like that was a um, a, a card type that was just kind of lost to the ages. They put it in the game when Victor was dropped, and it it just never seemed yeah, we like never it was never revisited seemingly it was never revisited and it was never played like it was just like okay it's a filler card is like the definition of a filler card and then partly in due to heimerdinger not being good yeah hasn't been good for a while 
Which I've heard that Jace Heimer has kind of come back. Like we're yeah. see, like Jace Heimer's a thing right now. And I'm wondering whether they put this card, which wants you to get to the late game, but also buff the things that you get from that late game card of Heimerdinger. I wonder whether this is supposed to be an indirect but direct buff to Heimerdinger, which would make sense to me. Um, I mean, he's got such a prominent role in all of the stuff that's going on with Arcane, and he's also a PNZ champ that's probably gotten the least amount of love. So sure. I, I I wonder whether this card was just a direct buff, almost like how they put in the abominable, what is it, the abominable Yeti um, a little bit ago, and that uh, was like uh-huh. a direct buff to like that archetype. It was like, okay, I yeah, see potential like a, with some this. Yeti, some Yeti stuff, yeah, that we hadn't seen before, sure. Yeah, it was like I've seen this has been around for a while and this is a, this is like an archetype that could be something, but it needs another really good tool, not a broken tool, but a good tool. Let's put this card in the game. And it it's got sustainability because it's got quick attack. It's it's a early game card that by turn 4 it's feasible that you could have banked two spell mana, played this on 3 and then the next turn drop a 6 cost spell with your four regular mana and your two spell mana that you banked. So like this, there's, there's room for that to this to come online. It seems kind of odd because it's a three cost unit that wants you to play a six cost spell. Like there's going to be this dead period gap, but if you plan properly, there's not sure. So it's it like, like if you summon two forge workers to help you get to the late game with your six cost spell and you've got your three cost adapter or three cost, uh, um, new unit. That's, kind of now online and now you can start playing tech cards you can drop Heimer on five and start playing tech cards so i like the hex tech handler i think it's unique i think it's powerful um and it kind of fills out a couple different needs that pnz has very inter- yeah no i i have found that card to be i i think that card's interesting too um i don't think there's probably still not enough like in the tech for me to say like oh we have something here um but I found it interesting. I, I don't. I, I think it's. I think it's another push in the direction that we need to go. For me, my uh, silver is uh, Firos Financer. I think that's pronounced correctly. It's a two mana two two for PNZ that plays manifest a six plus cost spell from your regions, and uh, and I I really like that. I think that is great. I think that. Um, I, I I just think that that's like it's a two mana two two that you do not mind drawing later. Like, like oh, 100%. I love drawing this in the late game, but I also don't mind drawing this in the early game. And I get like, I might get some good options, right? That like, I, okay, I'm going to wait to get that out. And like, the cool part is, is if, if you do have a couple of spell mana bank, like you could play this pretty quick. Like, like this, this can get going. This can get going pretty quickly. Um, and, uh, I love that. I, I, anything that creates that six cost spell, I'm, I'm going to be in for. So I'm a big fan of, uh, of the financer I, silver. It's not a lot. It's not flashy, right? It's not super flashy, but I just think it's a really interesting card. And I think it fits something that PNZ really needed, um, which is board based stuff that generates spells that you need later. Because before this, we had like the, what the three mana that real refills three spell mana that Mm. puts a six cost spell in hand but the problem with that card is so often that if you weren't playing it with Heimer that was generating turrets to make board it just felt like you are doing nothing really although it doesn't cost you any mana it also just feels like it's 
it's wasting spots in your deck. Whereas this is going to give you a little early game chump blocker to help you keep up on board. Maybe a little late game opportunity. Yeah. And if you're in the late game, it's like, yeah, let's. And you manifest, right? That's the key. That you is... manifest. It's not random. You get yep. to pick one of three, which is so powerful. And you could really, like, you're always going to get PNZ. But you could kind of limit this and say, hey, there's only a couple of good high-cost cards in Demacia, spells-wise, right? So I can figure I have a pretty high chance of getting that one spell that I'm really looking for in a specific faction. Um, of course, well, it the says from the your reeks. It says from your region, so if you you could honestly end up getting a vengeance, or you could end up pulling a like if you were playing this in Shadow Isles, sure, you could end up getting a vengeance or a ruination or an atrocity. That's like what I'm saying. Get... Like you can really narrow it down, and mm -hmm. like if you if you flash it, I don't even know what what faction I'd be thinking of, but like I like I don't think there's a ton of really expensive spells in uh, Bilgewater, for example. But if you wanted to be able to like, oh, I always really want to generate this spell, but I don't want it in my deck. Like you run this guy and if you generate a, a Bilgewater spell, like you likely get that. So I, I think that's really cool as well. Yeah, I, I definitely think the value is in the manifest there for sure. Um, I'd love to see this played in, in a variety of decks. I mean, imagine. Ooh, here's a spicy thought for you. If somebody build me this deck, I'd love to see it. Somebody built me this deck with Sharima that um, runs like, I don't know, I guess you'd have to run Sun Desk and you wouldn't be able to have it up front. But I was going to say, maybe you pull Ascendance, Ascendance uh, Rise where it levels up all your level one Ascended allies. That would be cool. Or maybe you run a really spell-heavy deck and you play Mind Melt um, from, sure. from Bilgewater. That would be cool. So there's definitely, there's definitely some... Uh, some potential there or sure. pulling a battle fury or a, or a judgment. Oh man. There's, there's definitely thoughts here. So what's your goal? What you could do. So my gold is the, uh, the forge of tomorrow. The, the three cost landmark. Really? I, I, yes, I, I like this card because it's a, so it reads uh three cost landmark. When I am summoned, summon a forge worker. When you cast a six cost spell, destroy me and refill your spell mana. So I like this just because it returns value to you later. It's really it's very an, interesting. In the, in the long term, it's mana efficient, right? If you are playing on curve, but I like that it is a somewhat mid game to late game. Um, as long as you have the board space, which if you're playing a spell heavy deck, you probably do in the early to mid game because you're trying to remove things. You're trying to get to the late game. Um, I like that it gives you specifically for this, this is a landmark that is proactive, right? Or it wants to do something bigger later, but it gives you something now that three, three to kind of keep up with your tempo, which is, was one of my complaints. And I know DBN had a lot of the same complaints about some of the stuff with like Talia or like salt spires, for example, trying to play the rock bears. They were too slow. The payoff was good, yep. but they were too slow. So you couldn't really get the full use of it or it didn't feel like it was smart to play it because it was taking up a board slot and it wasn't giving you anything back. And I'd argue getting three mana back when you play a six-cost spell, uh, assuming you don't have any spell mana banked, or even if you have one and you totally get two back, yeah, like is great. So I would love... I, I played this card to some success already, I was playing a um, 
a Jace deck that was running this. Uh, just, just trying it out because I wanted to try the new champion, and I found this to be really useful to play on Curve. Like, you loved seeing this in the early game. Mm. Um, so I think it was smart for them to... Like, if they had just said, you play this, and when you play a six-cost spell, you get something back, or they had they did something that wasn't board-centric as the, as the immediate effect, the summon effect, then I think this would feel a lot worse. But it gives you at least a little bit of something to keep up with tempo. Because playing playing a three cost three three isn't the worst thing in the world, um, and you probably by turn three or turn four are not filling all six spots on your board. So sure. So I I like the I like the card. I think it's a fuel for the late game, um, where you're not having to burn all of your mana on curve and not have anything to do. So that would be my my favorite card so far of the ones that they've that they put out for the set was the Forge of Tomorrow. All right, goal, top of the podium. What is it for you? Uh, mine's unapologetically going to be Jace. Um, sure. Just, he, uh, you know what? Lux has been one of my favorite characters for a really long time. I loved Heimerdinger before they nerfed him into the ground and made him unplayable. Jace offers an opportunity for both Lux and Heimerdinger to be playable. I think in the long run, what we're going to find is, is six-cost spells are expensive and hard to play. I think on top of that, we're going to find that the two champions that Jace plays best with are bad enough that they're going to drag him down, and he's not good enough to lift them to playability. I could be wrong about that, but I feel as though Jace is probably kind of like a flavor, um, and he might be okay right now, but very similar to how, you know, I, I will say this, they hit really well with Akshan. And they, they like these in-between ones, they've typically hit really well with. Aphelios had to be nerfed. Akshan and Viego still see plenty of play. Um, this, Jace does not come across, at least at reading him, to be as powerful as Viego, Akshan, or Aphelios. Um, at all. No. Like, not even close. Um, and so, I fear as though Jace, in the long run, after a couple of weeks of people playing with him, they're going to find out, like, he's just too slow, right? Like, you have to be really selective of what six-cost spells you actually let in your deck. Like, if you're going to play a spell that costs six or more mana, it better do a lot in this meta, right? Yeah. I mean, if Withering Mist is borderline completely unplayable at five mana, and it could kill two things in one spell then you better believe that shock blast is going to be hard to play. Um, like, and, and you better believe that a lot of these six mana spells are going to be hard to make reliable. Um, so I, I think that's sort of like my reservation with them is like, I don't think that Jace is going to be great long run. However, I do think he's just so much fun. Um, and I like him for that reason. I am really, really looking forward to playing him in uh, Path of Champions. Am I saying that right? Is it Path of Champions? Uh, I believe. Journey of Heroes. What's it called? The Path of... Yes, it's oh, called Path goodness. of Champions. Path of Champions. You had me second-guessing myself. Okay, it's Path of Champions. Um, I, uh, so I really like him for that, and I'm really excited to play him in that, and I'm excited to see what kind of wonky stuff I can do with him. Um. I don't think he's going to be great in, in Constructed, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm getting further and further from caring about Constructed. So the more stuff yeah. they put in the game that's not Constructed-centric, like if they gave me a really big Expedition expansion 
that was like a huge, robust thing to expedition and be like, see you constructed. I'll never talk to you again. Like it was really nice getting to know you, but let's not be friends. Um, and I would, I would just be like, I'll swing by whenever I, whenever we're doing two champs in a hat, but otherwise I'll be living in PVE and expedition. If they gave me a big expedition expansion, like there you go. That's, on, that's, that's the thing on my wish list right now, a big, a big overhaul and uh, attention to expedition. Give me, give me a good draft. I mean, like a couple of ways to draft. I would be absolutely killer. And I'd love to play Jason that. I think that Jason would be so much fun in Expedition. Um, but yeah, even though I don't think he's going to be great, definitely my favorite. Um, yeah. I've I've liked playing Jace with Mechanized Mimic. I'll tell you that. Because so Jace being, you can either give him Challenger or Quick Attack, and then Mechanized Mimic being the five cost that says when I attack, give me the keywords of all of my allies. Mm. They're pretty good back-to-back. Um, sure. So I've definitely, I've definitely liked that kind of sequence. Um, I don't know if it's good enough, but it's definitely fun. Sure, sure, sure. Interesting. Well, hey, that's our. Uh, what did you call this thing? The podium. The podium. That's the podium. Let's jump over to our last segment for this episode: Mark's cosmetic closet. No more holding back. <laughs> Okay, guys, and welcome to Mark's Cosmetic Closet. In Mark's Cosmetic Closet, we talk about cosmetics. But this episode's already a little bit long, so we're actually going to do two. We're going to split this between two segments. Um, one is going to be Event Pass, and the other one is going to be Skins. And today, we're going to talk Event Pass, only because I don't want somebody to, like, buy the Event Pass and regret it. Um, and I don't want, and, like, the Skins will always be here. The event passes only a couple more weeks. We probably won't get another chance to talk about it. So, if you didn't notice, there is a mega event pass. However, that mega event pass is no more expensive than a normal event pass. So, this is going to cost you 10 US dollars, um, 10 bucks, 10 bones, and you're going to get... Smackaroos. Yeah. You, now, there are some free things that you can get, but immediately you are going to get the Hex Tech Beast and then access to all the premium stuff. In that premium stuff, uh, and like, oh, so let's just, like the normal stuff that you would get, you're gonna get uh, some rare wild cards, prismatic rares, uh, a couple of icons. You, you are gonna get a pet for free. It's a Hextech Poro, which you'll get. You'll get a card back, which is great. Some epic wild cards, the best emote you're gonna get. You'll get the Caitlyn emote. You're going to get a couple of sets of cards, which also great, great, great stuff. Um, a champion, a couple champion wild cards, and then you will get at the end, you'll get Prismatic Jinx as well. So lots of good stuff um, that uh, that are available. Um, and uh, so, yeah, lots of good stuff for free. Now, if you go premium, and this is where it gets really sweet, not only do you get Hextech Beast, right, but you're also going to get a couple of additional card backs. You're also going to get a couple of additional emotes. Um, and, uh, and I would say those emotes probably are not, you know, the, the best of the best. I think Caitlyn's probably the best one, in my opinion. Um, you get, I guess you don't get Hextech. Oh, you get Hextech Minion um, if you go with it. But I think where, like, the really sweet space is, is that you get a bunch of these epic prismatic capsules. With premium, you get three epic prismatic capsules, all of which are able to level up into, with a single level up, 
champion prismatics. And then in addition to that, you get a second prismatic champion. You'll get prismatic Jace at the top. Multiple diamond chests towards the top. Several card backs in addition to that. Then in addition to that, you get the Dragonling and the Hextech Drake. Both of them Hextech. Hextech Dragonling, Hextech Drake. So tons of cosmetics that you get if you go premium. And not only that, tons of cards and prismatics. Uh, Gibby, did you get the event pass? Did you did you go in for it? I did not. Um, okay. I'm doing the wait and see approach to see how far I get before pulling the trigger closer to the end of the event. Okay. However, yeah. you make a very strong case with the prismatic epics because I do those those epic capsules because I do like the prismatic. I do like making more of my cards prismatic. Um, I do find that fun, and I've got I've still got a, a decent amount of shards to be able to make a couple more champions prismatic, but. Um, I mean, it's fun being able to pull them on your own. I like to being able to do that uh, in duos is have the ability to possibly pull a champion. I did that. I think I got Jarvin off of um, just the rewards of, of, of winning a duos match in labs. But um, I actually think the strength of this, um, this uh, event pass is for me, I am really, really liking the card backs. That are in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one? Because what do we... I'm, I'm like trying to look through them really quickly. We get yeah. uh, the free one that you get as a Zeppelin. You can also get a Jace card back, a Hex Core or Hex Tech Crystal card back. Mm -hmm. Is that the three? Is there more than three card backs? There's one at the very beginning that you get. Not very beginning, but it's like the third or fourth step. I think Eye that of Zaun might or be my favorite. The Eye of Zaun is so cool. I, I also like this kind of the flashiness of the Hextech Crystal. Um, the Hextech Crystal is very pretty. Yeah. I, I think my favorite two are the Eye of Zaun and the Above the Clouds uh, card back is so cool. It's this like very scenic, very kind of sketched out. It almost looks like it was like quilted kind of like that pattern, but it's this wonderful looking blimp above the clouds. And I think that is... I like card backs that are so unique, but you can tie them to a faction or you can tie them to like a style. Like I always try to put, I always build the deck and then I go into all the cosmetics and I'm like, okay, what for this deck that I just built, what thematically makes the most sense either by region or just by the way it wants to play or mm -hmm. is it aggressive? Is it not? Does it have a certain champion in it? And I just like how peaceful this uh, like blimp in the clouds are. Very steampunky too. Yeah, like you can use it for any 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 uh, PNZ one, but it also I feel like it would kind of be just because how peaceful it is. It could be great for Ionia stuff too. Um, you could really throw it on any deck that's probably not deep or pike, um, just with underwater. Just just I'm going to murder you. Um, it it's it's just a really cool card back for me. But I also like the 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 techie kind of dark neon sign looking style of the eye of the card back, the, the eye of Zon. I think yeah. that's a really cool toned one. So those would be my two um, that I would be really excited for the card backs and even some of the, uh, the little coins. Um, yeah. The icons are really nice. I, I actually really like the Zeppelin and the, uh, and you get the Zeppelin's premium, but the one that's free, that's Jinx and Vi. 
the aesthetic, the, the steampunky aesthetic for that one is very cool. It's like a tale of two a, sisters, I think. A tale of two sisters. Yeah, that one's really cool. So for me, like, uh, it was like I've bought every event pass so far, and this one just is clearly more valuable than the ones that I've purchased before. Like, it, it's it very clearly like two champion wild cards, three epic prismatic chests, two prismatic champions, like multiple diamond chests and i don't even need diamond chests like but if you were coming into the game like there's really not a better time like you get this mm -hmm. brand new thing that you can play that you don't even have to go and get frustrated and competitive with right it's going to build your confidence and understanding of the game you then get right i think that you now are getting some like jinx on your way through but like you get if you complete a path with Vi, you get two copies of Echo. You complete a path with Echo, you're going to get two copies of, uh, after that, you get two copies of Caitlyn. If you, I think if you complete the path with Caitlyn, you're going to get two copies. I don't know this for sure, but I think you get two copies of Jace because I think you can get all three copies of Jace for free. Then you get this pass, and you're going to get multiple diamond chests, ton of features, and a whole bunch of prismatics to sort of show off, including your Prismatic Jinx and your Prismatic Jace. So for me, it was just like, this is the time. Like, they, not only do you get all the champs from the tutorial, but then if you play through the quest line for this event, like, you're going to get, like, six or eight other champions, uh, champion cards, and then you play this, and you get to round out your Jace and Jinx collections or your Jace and Caitlyn collections with, another two champion wild cards throughout this event like that then you're getting you know you can get a play set of something with your epics and a play set of something with your rares like i i just think that this this particular like it's worth it right mm -hmm. if any of the other event passes were worth it value wise this is worth it and it's transferable value is really what it, i think is what it is it's like it's not just like it's got some really cool like thematic stuff for the event and for arcane and for what you're like what they're doing now but and that will like, you'll remember that that's why you got this stuff but with all like you're right with all the prismatics and all of the the, the champion wild cards and and all of the, the things that are going to be transferable to later on in the game this feels this feels generous of like it, this is for a hey this will this is this will help you get more things that you're interested in the game, not here, buy this because this is a cool cosmetic that you'll forget about and it'll sit in your collection two months from now. And, th and there are some of those in this, right? Like, there are sure. there are a you few. You won't like everything. Yeah, you won't like everything, but, like, the Hextech Dragonling is one of the ones I'm very excited to get my hands on. Mm -hmm. Like, that one is cool. I think that that is... I don't, I'm not going to say it's it's the best cosmetic from this set, but I think, in my opinion... It's the best guardian. I think the dragonling is better than the Drake. Look wise, the Drake almost has two. He almost looks more like a like a sports car with wings than he does a dragon. <laughs> um, like, uh, and I'm sure some people will be like, "Oh, you didn't talk about the dog." Like the the dog's cool. I'm just not a big fan of him. Um, but my favorite is actually a free one that's very easy to get. I I love the Caitlyn emote. Um, yeah, where the Caitlyn emote's like, great shaking and laughing with a cup of tea it's you like played what? so truly it's so truly um and i really like that emote i have so many emotes now and 
like I'm able to equip just like my my grouping of like really strong chick emotes and uh Caitlin was a shoe in immediately. It was like, yep, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop one of the ones that I've been using and uh I think I dropped my Shavana emote out for now and uh like my de facto is like I have I have that the Caitlin emote. I will say this, like the sheer amount of emotes guardians and stuff that they give you in this game has has gotten me the point like i go to the store and like the the only two things i even look at are skins and boards yep that's it because why would i ever buy a guardian a card back or an emote whenever there are i mean there's a lot of emotes that i haven't bought that have come out and i've had the gold for them Mm -hmm. but i have so many emotes so many guardians and so many card backs now yeah, it's it's definitely like the the boards were my most valuable and most coveted accessory anyway in the first place in the game. Um, I just find that the fact that you get music associated with them and the board kind of sets the whole theme for like what my deck is going to be or how it pairs the deck. I think that's the most influential to me. Also happens to be the most expensive item that you can probably buy outside of maybe the the level up animations for champions um, for like for the skins. But sure. I think I was really happy that I, I'm going to brag slightly for a second, but I was really happy. I'm probably the only person on the planet that really early on in the game bought the Jinx board. Yeah. It's the first board I ever bought because I sat down when there was maybe eight boards in the game or six of them. Uh, it was around the time that they came out with the the arcade board where it's like everyone's floating and it's like it's got the nice peaceful well, music. Jinx and, Jinx and Garen were the first two boards in the game. Like, oh, okay. You well, had all of the basic ones, one for each mm-hmm. basic faction before we had, there was no Targon, no Ascended Oasis, and there was no right. B- Bandlewood. But the basic ones were out, and the very first ones we got were Garen and Jinx. Well, when I sat down to buy a board was when the, arc- was, was, was when the arcade one was coming out. Okay. Because uh, that's about when I joined, because I joined around the Bilgewater expansion. Okay. And um, so I sat down, and I actually went to YouTube, and I listened to all the board music, and the Jinx board music, is so cool. It's really? really good. Like it it's kind of like steampunky and like I don't know, I just think it's unique and it helps me like think and focus what I'm in actually in game. Um so I bought that board and I don't regret it. And now the fact that everything's coming back around to P&Z with Arcane and she's like the center focus of like Arcane, I think is like was like perfect. I'm like good. You know what everybody good. I'm going to have this board that no one else has got. I'm going to use it. You know what? I'll be honest. Like, I really like this. We weren't going to talk about this, but uh, Piltvon or Piltvon Rooftops, which is the new board that came out. Have you listened to the music for that one yet? I have not. So the really cool thing about this one is you have like the decrepit wooden bridge and that holds your hand of cards. And then you have like the board below it. Um, and that's where like your played cards will be. Um that looks really interesting to me. I I, I really like the, I, I really like the look of that one. I, I'm I'm genuinely really tempted by it. Um, oh, me too. I think it's I'm one looking of the at coolest ones that yeah. they put out. Like, because you almost have like these two levels where like your hand is on the upper level and then you're playing them down to the board on the lower level. And I think it's really the only one that has that feel there's a little bit of that feel with the stadium board that they just released because you your cards are on the bleachers and then when you play your cards they go down on the board in front of you on the field but for the most part like i do think they've just been getting better with boards like overall like the ocean board is 
is really beautiful. The sunken shipyard board was done pretty well um, overall, but like I, I really feel like they're they're really coming into their own with this with this rooftops board. I think it's done really really well. Yeah, I'm gonna look at this. I haven't listened to the music, so I'll have to check definitely check that out. Well, yeah, and send me a link to it so that I can listen to it and decide if I want to buy it because that that might be my next big. I did look at the skins. We'll talk about them later, um, but. That could be my next purchase is is buying that board because the board is really cool, especially if the music is good on it, for sure. Absolutely. But uh, that's going to do it for this episode. We're wrapping it up and getting out of here. Uh, if you would like to check out what we're doing, um, you can find me at twitch.tv slash the lift Monday, Wednesday, Friday um, from about 9 a.m. till noon. Um, you can find Gibbles of Bits in Discord and uh, ping him over in Discord. He's the most active host in Discord right now by far. Um, so come on over and hang out with him in Discord. You can also check out Discord because the end of our league is coming up here really soon, and all the hosts have been booted out of it. Um, we're looking forward to who comes out on top um, in the evens and odds uh, Discord league that we're running right now. Um, in addition to that, if you'd like to check out what I do online outside of streaming in this show, I also lead a digital church, an entirely online church for gamers, um, called Lux, L-U-X Digital Church. And no, it does not have a connection to the champion Lux in League of Legends. We do not worship her. Um, not She's not cool. She's super cool. Um, but uh, we'd love to have you check it out. You can grab a link for that in the description of this episode as well. And we'll see you over there. Um, other than that, anything else, Gibby, before we get out of here? Nothing else from me. Um, just uh, thank you again to all of our Patreon subscribers we really appreciate you guys you guys are the uh the lifeblood of what makes this podcast run and we uh we value you and covet you guys a lot so can thank you for continuing to um to contribute to to what we're doing here um mark dbn and i really appreciate it we we love you guys and if you if you have the interest in supporting the the podcast jump over to to patreon uh, and you can give as little or as much as you want, 25 cents a month or, or up to uh, $1,000 a month. We, we, yeah, uh, we would, we, we would appreciate that as well. Mm -hmm. We will accept that open-heartedly. So, yeah. But anything that you guys choose to give, we are more than appreciative of. So thank you again to all of our Patreon subscribers. Absolutely. Yeah, and you want to pull the two champs in a hat and let us know what we're going to be playing for. So next week, guys, we're going to do an, another Mulligan episode uh, with the three of us. All three of us will be on. We're really excited about that. The week after that, we'll be Gibby and I back again talking LOR, and uh, and we're going to be doing two champs in hats. So what is the two for two weeks from now? We have two weeks to build a good deck with them. Two weeks from now, we will be discussing a deck with Nocturne and Sejuani. Nocturne and Sejuani, two of my favorite champions. Definitely not two of my favorite to play together. Um, but we're going to see if we can't build an aggressive Shadow Isles Frailure deck with Nocturne and Sejuani. Uh, not a lot of synergy between fearsomes there, but we're going to figure it out. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Um, and uh, be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.